open it once. Stand with us as we open in worship. So we sing about our living Savior. The song simply says, He lives. Sing along with us this morning. I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living. Whatever men may say, and I see His hand of mercy. I hear His voice of cheer. At just the time I need Him, He's always near. He lives, He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know He lives. He lives within my heart. Rejoice, rejoice, O Christian. Lift up your voice and sing. Eternal hallelujahs to Jesus Christ the King. Seek him, the help of all who find. None other is so loving, so good and kind. He lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along my narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives, he lives, salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my Amen. Does he live within your heart this morning? Amen. If he does, man, God may bring you someone this week that needs to hear that. They're, they're struggling, and he may use you to bring some hope and joy into their life, the biggest hope there is. Amen. So good to have you this morning, Sunset Hills Baptist Church. Go. So good to see each and every one of you here this morning on this wonderful, uh, crisp, uh, nice fall morning. If you're joining with us on our live stream this morning, we're so happy that you're tuning in to hear about this good news that we're going to tell you about this morning. There's lots of things going on in our church community this week, this month, and so we're so glad that you are here this morning to hear more about uh, ways to get on board with that, to plug in, and uh, the biggest way that we do that is uh, to to worship this Savior that lives. If you're a guest with us this morning, we want to get to know you better. We're so glad that you are here. Uh, it is no accident that you are here. God arranges everything according to his plan, so we're glad you're here. Please don't leave without uh, us getting to know you better. We'd love for you to stop by our welcome desk out in the uh, foyer so we can get to know you better and how to serve your family, all right? Pastor Kelly, thanks for that assist this morning. It was, uh, we had a lot of good times this morning uh, with our kids, and we're looking forward to a good time together now, worshiping the Lord.
exalted on high, and I will praise Him. He is exalted forever, exalted, and I will praise His name. He is the Lord, forever His truth shall reign. Heaven and earth rejoice in His holy Exalted, the King is exalted on high. Yes, He is exalted, the King is exalted on high. And I will praise Him, He is exalted forever, exalted and I will praise His name. He is the Lord, forever His truth shall reign. Exalted on high, for he is the Lord, forever his truth shall reign. Heaven and earth rejoice in his holy name. He is exalted, the king is exalted on high. Yes, he is exalted, the king is exalted on high. Exalted, the King is exalted on high. We want to see Jesus lifted high. This land that all that might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land that all that might see the truth and know He is the way to heaven. We want to see, we want to see. We want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men might see the truth and know. We want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to see Jesus lifted high. And step by step we're moving forward, little by little taking ground. Every prayer a powerful weapon, strongholds come tumbling down. see Jesus lifted high. We want to see, we want to see, we want to 
So Lord, today I, I just pray that as we're lifting these words up and calling out on your son Jesus' name, that God, that's just an affirmation that we're saying yes. Lead me, Lord. Guide me. I'll follow you. Or during this time of worship, through spoken word, God, just be with Pastor Steve. Let these words be anointed, God. Speak to our hearts and everything that we do that we would honor you. We love you so much. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray this morning. Amen. You may be seated today. Come here. This is my grandson Stone, and he just felt like it's important for me to explain to him what, right about the time I'm getting ready to preach to tell him what happened right here. You know, really? He couldn't wait till we got home this afternoon? I'm talking to you. I know that. You know that. Well, what happened right there? What do you think happened there? Nothing. I just wore it to make everybody ask me why. I, what happened right there, I reckon, right? Yeah. Well, it wasn't a saw injury, in case you're wondering about that from last week. Some skin damage places where a doctor took it off of me this week, all right? So in case you're wondering. So far, uh, well, we've been in a series the last uh, couple of weeks of what to do when. So far, we've explored what to do when, and you're confused what to do when things are going wrong. And in those stories so far, I've told you about events that have happened in my life uh, when I've experienced times of confusion and when things have gone wrong. And I'll tell you, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the number of self-deprecating stories that I could tell you about those various times in my life that's happened through the years. This morning, I, I want to tell you that I don't have a lead-in story for today's sermon topic. Let me tell you what we're going to talk about today, and then I'll explain a little more about why I've not picked out a story to tell you about that. If, things, if there are times when things go wrong, it would just make sense to me that there would also be times when things go right, okay? So in keeping with the serious theme, what to do when, today we're going to talk about what to do when things go right. Thank God there are many times when things do go right. It's the reality is whether we see it or not, whether we want to believe it or not, things go right in our lives much more than they go wrong. There may be times when you may not feel that way because of what's happening in those times, when there are bad times or bad things happening. But on the whole, so much of what things going right in your life happens than when things go wrong. Quite honestly, some of the stories of mishap and confusion that have happened in my life are, are let me just say they're, they're funny, they're hilarious. And often they become stories that when my family get together, when my friends get together, that we talk about. And, uh, through, the, and through the years, they just seem to get funnier and funnier. I don't know. It happened. It wasn't all that great at the time, but they've gotten funny through the years. Yesterday, 
Uh, many of the guys who went to the men's retreat went canoeing on the Duck River. And by some strange mishap, all of them came back to camp wet. And I'm sure that depending on whom you talk to, you'll probably get different versions of exactly what happened. I don't know because I did not go. A few of those guys who had been around for a while were talking about it when they got back, and they saw me standing there listening to their stories. And one of them said, Pastor, you've got some stories to tell about canoes, don't you? Yes, and that's why I didn't go canoeing. I had remembered, they had remembered me telling those funny mishaps of past years when I took my boys canoeing on the Caney Fork River and lost my canoe in that river at Rock Island State Park. I almost lost one of my sons as well that day. It's one of those stories that, well, you can't ask my wife about this because she would say otherwise, but looking back, it's one of those stories that kind of is fun and to talk about and becomes a time of, a fun time of remembrance. Certainly, and I don't mean to say this, certainly, not all stories of mishaps and confusion are funny, but instead are very tragic. I get that. I also know that through many of those times of very tragic events in, in our lives uh, and those outcomes that have happened because of it, I can look back and I can see how God, uh, his, I can see his strong evidence of his presence in my life, walking with me, uh, holding me close and sustaining me when otherwise I would have cave in, caved in. Somehow the times when life is confusing and when things go wrong, however, seem to overshadow the times when things go right. I've said it already, but I'm going to say it again. Things go right far more than when things go wrong. Amen? Well... It looks like I'm going to have to rely on another source to affirm when we should be amening. So, when, I'm going to say it again. Things go far right far more than when things go wrong. Amen. Well, good. You're better that time. But I had some help. Take a look. Say amen. That's Kelly's great-nephew, Parker Wells. I'm going to keep that on standby just in case I need it. Okay? Things go right far more than they go wrong. Did you, did you have a bed to sleep in last night? Did you wake up this morning? <laughs> I hope you're awake. <laughs> hope you didn't drive the church to sleep. Have you had any food over the last 24 hours? How many times and how much food did you have in that same period? You didn't even have to go out and kill it and drag it in and clean it. And get it ready to cook in order to eat it. And some of us don't have to worry about cooking our food in order for us to eat it. I'm one of those. My wife usually serves me my food. I have a wonderful wife, in case I haven't told you lately. I'm trying to make up for some of the things I did last week with this, showing a picture of her sticking her arm down the toilet. 
Did you have a wreck on the way to church this morning? No. Are you sitting in a hot and stuffy building right now listening to me? Mm -mm. It's cold. You can't please everybody all the time. All those guys who went canoeing yesterday came back safely, did they not? Almost. One had a little few cuts on his hand. He's been whining about it ever since. Danny Gordon. They hurt. See, I could go on and on with so much that is right in our lives and things that are wrong. Yes, there are times when things go wrong, but most of the times things go right. We are blessed beyond measure to live in this country in spite of the things we don't like. Don't let me have to bring uh, Parker out again, okay? Can we all agree that that's the case? Much goes right. So what do we do when things go right? I want us to look at a time when life drastically changed for some men, when they had an encounter with Jesus. If you want to turn your Bibles, it's found in chapter 17 of the Gospel of Luke, starting with verse 11. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. Ten men. Ten men with leprosy, suffering from what was probably the most feared disease of the time. Ten men with a horrible sickness. Ten men who were miserable from the condition of their bodies and lived in grueling and painful conditions physically, but not just physically, mentally, and spiritually. Outcast of society, shunned by all. Their neighbors feared them, the church rejected them, their movements were restricted, they were without friends, they had to leave their family, and they had no future. Ten men, you get it, in a total state of desperation. And they stood at a distance, in verse 13, and called out with a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. So we get the setting that here's Jesus on his way to Jerusalem, somewhere between Samaria and Galilee, and he encounters this group of lepers standing as the law required some distance away. That was the standard for people who, uh, that was their standard of behavior for people who were... Now, I just want to try this. I want to illustrate this as best I can this morning. I need 10 guys who went on the men's retreat over the weekend to come join me on the stage. 10 guys. Uh, in fact, let's get 10 guys who got wet in the Duck River. 10 guys. Come on. Have we got 10 guys here? Nine? Well, then we'll just have to have a stand-in. I got... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on, Jamil. Help me out here. I need eight. That's eight. I need two more men. Rick, nine. Is that right? 
And we count them again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm still short, too. They're nine. One more. One more. Andrew, come on. I didn't get wet. And it's called the Dunking River, not the Duck River. The Dunking River. I get that. All right. Okay. Hey, guys, move over that way. Your group, because you're despicable. Now, I don't want you close to me. You can't get close to me, okay? You, you're outcast. Get, get closer together because you're taking way too much space up. We, we don't want you having that kind of space here. You, you're, you're banished. Nobody wants to be around you. You smell bad. You look bad. You're lonely souls. You hurt. See, he's still whining about it. <laughs> your pain is intense. Quit laughing because there's nothing in your, laugh to, in your life to laugh about. <laughs> okay, I just kind of <laughs> Really, you're desperate. And if you were really them and you saw Jesus approaching and he did it they, as they did, you would be crying out, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Well, what's wrong with that? Well, I mean, come on. You don't want to act during that? Where's, where's Parker when I need him? We don't know how they knew about Jesus. More mysteriously, how they knew he was coming. But in him, they recognized something that they had not received or didn't think they could receive from anyone else. And they're crying out. Because they recognize he's the one that possibly could do something for them. So they yell out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And we don't know exactly why. And what they meant when they asked Jesus to have mercy on him, I mean, were they asking for attention? Were they asking for acceptance? Were they asking for the sustenance of food and water? Were they uh, just wanting some temporary relief from the pain and agony that they're in? Were they asking for healing? We, we don't know. What we, we know what the Bible says, they said, have mercy on us. Seems sort of strange to me as to how Jesus responds. Watch this. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Go show yourselves to the priest. Wait a minute. That's not what we want. He just simply commands them to go to the priest. There's no, comment, com, there's no comment like, hey, your faith has made you well, as was said to uh, the Jairus' daughter, to Jairus, when his daughter was sick. Or when the, the woman came to him with a blood disease that we learned about this weekend. He says, your faith has made you well. He, just, he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, go wash yourself in the river three times. He doesn't spit in the dirt and make some mud and smear it all over the bodies as he did with the blind man before. He simply says, go show yourselves to the priest. 
The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Immediately they followed the directions and things go right. You see what's about to happen? They're about to be able to start living a normal life, the kind of life that we get to live when things are going right. Like right now, probably, when things are going right in your life, these men are getting, having the opportunity to go and participate in that. And in their obedience, they found that a miracle was happening to them that only they could dream about. And we're told as they went, the leprosy disappeared. All right, guys, you can go sit down now. Well, actually, stay there for the rest of the sermon. No, I'm kidding. Go sit down. Now, don't anybody move away from them when they sit back down by you, okay? They're not really, they don't smell that bad. Assuming they took a bath after being in the Duck River yesterday. Actually, see what they're doing? They're coming back and joining the crowd. Mm, they, I don't know if they felt uncomfortable being up here or not. But in every situation, they get to go back and sit where they normally have been sitting. They get to go back to their normal life. And if you're sitting by family members, it's like these guys who were, uh, uh, they were by themselves for so long. They were banished from society. But here they now get to walk and they get to rejoin their families. They get to rejoin their normal life. They get to go and be with the rest of their church family, just like you guys just got to go sit down. Can you imagine what it must have felt like as they were walking along and the sores on their skin started being made smooth again, started healing up? Those twisted limbs began to straighten out. The difficulty that some of them probably had by walking were now able to stand straight and walk normally. In my mind, I, I, I can hear a multitude of conversations. And they probably all at first they're amazed and they're joyful. Look at look look at my hands. I don't have to I don't have to limp anymore. I don't have pain in my hip as I, as I walk along like I once did. Maybe one of them looks at another one and says, Man, your face, it's incredible how it's cleared up. When they cried out to Jesus for mercy, Jesus did so much more for them. So much more than what they asked for. He healed them. Now, don't let the familiarity of the story skew the incredible working of a miracle that Jesus performs for this man. He healed them. Can you praise the Lord? Say, hallelujah. He healed them. 
Parker's got it. Don't we get lost sometimes at the familiarity? Oh, there he goes. He's amen and again. Don't we get lost in that sometimes? The incredible things that Jesus does in this story of healing and doing a miracle in their lives. I don't mean to downplay any problems or any bad that you have or are experiencing today. I am the first to join you in admitting that it's not pleasant when we go through those times. And we've looked at what the Bible instructs us to do when things go wrong. But you can be having some things go wrong, and you can be having some confusion in your life presently, and at the same time have a massive truckload of right happening at the very same time. Here's what I know. When our lives get right with Jesus... He gives us so much more than we ever even ask for. And here's another thing. Even when our lives aren't right with Him, and we still have breath, He is still doing more than what we could ever imagine. That's His mercy. Let's go on with the story. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where, where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? So he gets a story. Ten men are healed, but only one, only one returns to say thanks. Ten men go back to normal life. Ten men go back to a good life. Ten men goes back to a life where things are right, we assume. Well, why didn't the other nine return when only one comes back? Their lives are radically changed, just like the one. Their lives were literally given back to them, just like the one. Why was there no acknowledgement... We don't know why the other nine didn't go back to say thanks, only speculation. That's exactly what one writer states in an article entitled, The Nine Ungrateful Lepers. Catherine J. Keller suggests about the nine that I think could be pretty accurate. These, these made these suggestions as she describes what human nature is like. Here's what she said about the nine. One waited to see if the cure was healed, it was real. One waited to see if it would last. One said he would see Jesus later. One decided that he never really had leprosy. One said he would have gotten well anyway. One gave glory to the priest. One said, oh well... Jesus really do, didn't do anything for me anyway. One said, any rabbi could have done it. One said, I was already much improved. Pretty interesting suggestions 
that may be extremely accurate responses for people's use today. And I say that resembles us a great deal. We take God's goodness for granted as these nine lepers did. We receive great blessings, and yet very rarely, rarely do we go back and give God our genuine thanksgiving. And Psalms 103, too, tells us about how God, about God and how we're to respond to him. He goes like this, Blessed be the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his blessings. Don't forget it. But in too many cases, we forget the blessings of God, and we never return to say thanks. We just take God for granted. How do we do that? When we fail to live with a heart of gratitude. When we fail to see that everything belongs to God and comes from God. Or when we try to take credit for ourselves and the good gifts that God has blessed us with, we claim that we did it and we think we earned it without his favor. Or when we fail to see our state of sinful desperation before a holy God. Or when we dare think that we can save ourselves by our own good deeds. All of these are ways that we forget to say thanks to God and many more. What did the Samaritan do? You go back to verse 15. Let's take a look at it and break it apart. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God with a loud voice. What did he do? First thing he did, he saw what Jesus did for him. This is an act of acknowledgement. He saw. To me, it's like he now understands what's happened he gets how what was wrong is now right and he acknowledges that he's been healed he experiences firsthand this miracle that's happened to him and to the other lepers and he doesn't take credit for it he knows that the healing could only could be only found in Jesus himself he sees the difference that Jesus has made in his life and maybe this maybe this just means is meant for us to to be a foreshadowing of seeing what Jesus did for us on the cross so he acknowledges what Jesus did for him. He saw it. Here's the next thing he does in verse 15. It says he goes back. This is an act of choice. It's a conscious choice to turn around on his part. He could have kept going with the crowd as the others did. He could have said, I, I have to go show myself to my family. I have to celebrate what's happened and show my friends. But instead, he turns around and he goes back to Jesus. Could this be a foreshadow to see our need to repent? To turn away from how the wor world says that you're to live? If you just do enough good stuff, you're going to save yourself? To turn away from that, rather, and to go to the only one who can save us, and that's Jesus? Here's another thing he does. He praises God. 
This is an act of humility and worship. He is so full of how things are now going right in his life that he can't help himself. He had to worship. He, he humbles himself before God. And I kind of wrote this down. I thought this was kind of interesting. You know, what, you know what true worship does? Godly worship leads to humble humanity. And the Bible tells us how he worships. It says, in a loud voice. There's nothing secret about this. He doesn't care about who's around him. He, he's not concerned with decorum. He, he can't hold it in, but he has to praise God, and he wants everybody to know that he's praising him. And the next verse tells us more about that. It says that he falls at the feet of Jesus. Look at verse 16. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Throws himself at Jesus' feet. Have you ever had someone so excited to see you that they throw themselves at you? That's how my wife greets me every afternoon when I get home from work. Well, not true, teasing. But I have on occasion had someone be so glad to see me that they gave me a giant bear hug. But I've never had someone so glad to see me that they throw themselves at my feet. Never. But this man, he throws himself at the feet of Jesus. Completely open. In an act of submission to the greatness of Jesus' act of healing. Could this be a foreshadow of how we should posture ourselves in a position of surrender of our life before Jesus? To submit our lives and all that we are, our will, to Him? He's also thankful. This is an act of gratitude. He thanked Jesus. And while I was writing this last night, I just had this question pop up in my mind. How could he not? But then I remember about nine didn't. Only he did. They all received the same miracle, but only he thanked Jesus. Then I want, look around and I wonder the same thing today. How can we not thank Jesus for what he did? How can we not thank God for his blessings for when things go right? And people do it every day. Non-believers? And maybe what's worse than that, believers do. I'm talking about us. I get amazed at the apathy that exists in our churches today, Sunset Hills included. And it has been growing exponentially since COVID hit. People that God has done so much for acting just like the nine lepers who failed to thank Jesus for the miracle in their lives. Apathy is killing the church's ability to spread the gospel. 
Let me make sure you're hearing that. Apathy among believers, apathy among Christians is rampant, and it's interfering immensely, and in many cases killing the church's ability to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's scary at the speed in which it's happening. It's getting harder to find people in our churches to actually commit to teaching, to working with students and with children, to do the ministry of deacons, and to understand that the church is not there to entertain you, but is a community to go out and serve. We are not here to entertain. We're the church. We're supposed to serve. And that takes commitment. We're approaching a crisis in our churches where people have become less committed to serve or even show up on Sunday mornings anymore. Everything seems to take precedent in our lives over our commitment to God and to church. Not just Sunset Hill, certainly we're included in this, but by churches all across our land. And as grateful as I am for live streaming that you, when you're not here, can take advantage of, live streaming is making lazy people out of God's people. It's too easy to stay at home and say, I'll just watch it. That's not what church is about. We're talking about the church. We're talking about the body of Christ. The very place we're commanded to, to support and to serve. A Christ follower's attendance at worship service is considered in today's time. If you come to worship service these days, it used to be that if you were an active member, you were there almost every time the doors were open. The only time you missed was when you went on vacation. Nowadays, you know what? An active church member is considered, if they come to church, 1.7 times a month. That's considered active. That's pathetic. You may not like what I'm saying, but it's true. In my lifetime, it's gone from being at church every Sunday, every Sunday, back at church on Sunday evening and again on Wednesday and probably another night during the week. That's what we, being active used to be. Do we look like the other nine? Let me tell you something else I get amazed at. I get amazed at how petty little things get under our skin and we seem more delighted in stirring things up rather than how we're instructed to act in Philippians 2.14. says, do everything without complaining and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure, children of God without fault, fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. Let me camp out on this for a moment because it needs to. I told my life group this morning, I was 
on Nolensville 411. Not a good place to be on. I'm looking dead straight. Where's the camera? Which camera am I looking at? That one up there. Nolensville 411 is great for information, but don't get on it and complain. Or social media. A guy was talking about the people who were complaining about the mom and pop stores and how they had a bad experience, and he said, don't, don't do that. It's not good for our community, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. And so someone else says, so you're complaining about the complainers. <laughs> you know what this says? That's about as plain as it gets. Do everything without complaining and arguing. And there's a reason for it. It's for the witness of God's people. Somehow this seems to be a scripture that God's people just ignore. And they try to make it about their rights and their feelings. So do everything without complaining or arguing. He goes on. He says, if you do that, you'll stand out. You'll be different. Because everybody else is complaining and everybody else is arguing. And if you'll be different, you're going to make the truth of God look much more inviting and attractive. It's being a witness. It says you're going to become blameless and pure. A child of God without fault. In this world we live in, in this crooked and depraved culture that is filled with cynicism and criticism, it says you're going to shine like stars in the universe. He says you're going to change the world. You might not change it world as a whole but if you're not complaining and arguing at work you might change the world of that person who works with you or that person who goes to church with you how important is it anyway Christians should be known for love and kindness and joy and gratitude that's called being Christ-like and you know what? Your life's going to be better if you do that. Psychotherapist Amy Morin tells us that gratitude opens the door to more and deeper relationships, improves physical and psychological health, enhances empathy, and reduces aggression, helps people sleep better, improves self-esteem, and increases mental strength. So what I say to you? I'm not saying it. The Bible's saying, stop spending time and energy on complaining. Use your energy in a more productive way. Amen? Amen? Here's another thing I get amazed at. I get amazed at how God gives people a miracle of healing in their lives, and they become laissez-faire in their worship toward the very one who gave them the miracle. Do you understand that? They pray, and they pray, and they pray. That's the next thing. 
I get amazed at how we pray. God, do this for me or do that. When we're desperate for him to intervene and at the same time live our lives ignoring all the other commands he expects us to do, why would he answer our prayer when we don't take time to stop and praise him for who he is and what he's already done? I get amazed at how we go about life when things are going right and good, taking credit for it by ourselves and fail to give the credit to God for the blessings he's given us. I'm speaking to America and to church people. God has blessed us with so much. But we're doing everything we can in this culture, in this country, to remove him and not acknowledge who he is. I get amazed at my own periods of ingratitude, self-pity, and pitiful attitude when I fail to see that things more things are going right in my life than are going wrong. I, I, I told my life group this morning when this came up, I said, I need to apologize to the group of men that I was eating breakfast with yesterday at the men's retreat. So men, I, I'm serious about this. Friday night, there were several other groups at camps w with us. And something was happening, some folks were having a lot of fun and I've got some pet peeves uh, I, I've already told you some of them and I could tell you a whole bunch more <laughs> one of the things that just drives me crazy is when I hear a bunch of women cackling <laughs> uncontrollably cackling if you're a cackler I'm apologizing for you. Just don't do it around me. You can cackle all you want. You'll wrestle when you're away from me. Just don't do it when you're around me, okay? We're going to have a no cackling zone at Sunset Hills. It's just loud. In my opinion, it's obnoxious. In some cases, it's just plain rude. There's a group of women, I heard them all the way across camp, going on and on. Next morning we go to breakfast, yesterday morning we go to breakfast, and now they're not in the open space doing it, they're right there in the cafeteria with all of us in closed space. And those women are having a great time and they are just going at it. And I looked at those men and I said, one of the things that drives me crazy is when women start cackling. You know what? I was just self-pity. It's like, please, stop it. When I should have been grateful those women were at camp, at a Christian camp, having fun, enjoying each other, cackling and studying the Word of God together. You know what? I was like one of the nine. I was. I could go on and on with the things that I get amazed at when we act just like the nine. Question is, are you like the nine lepers who got healed and went away, or are you like the one? 
He acknowledged what he, Jesus did for him. He chooses to turn around and go back. He becomes humble and worships God. And he's thankful. And even though it might be difficult in our lives at certain times, we need to make a personal decision that we're going to be grateful just like the one. The Apostle Paul wrote these words from prison, and he said this, In prison, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. He says it twice. Rejoice. As if someone could not believe that he could rejoice while he's being in prison, but he makes a personal choice to be grateful despite of his circumstances. He decides that even though he was unjustly prisoned, it didn't matter that he was going to praise God. And he, 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 it just changes his attitude. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. I think I used this scripture last week. I didn't spend much time on it, and I'm not going to spend much time on it this morning, except to say it doesn't say for everything. It says in everything. While you're going through it, be thankful in those circumstances. That's gratitude. That's appreciation for who God is. That's recognition for what he's done in your life. It means praising him. It means giving credit to him for what he's done because credit is due him. In everything, give thanks. Why can't we? Because as believers... As Christ followers, we have so much more right going on in our lives than we do wrong. Someone said it like this. It's not original to me, but I like how it said. As a Christian, you are chosen rather than forsaken. You are remembered rather than forgotten. You are loved rather than unloved. You're forgiven rather than condemned. You're free rather than bound. You're alive rather than dead. You're accepted rather than rejected. You're whole rather than broken. You're priceless rather than worthless. You're adopted rather than an orphan. You're hopeful rather than hopeless. You're known rather than alone. You're a friend rather than being a foe. You are at peace with God rather than being an enemy. There is so much more right in our lives than there is wrong. Would you pray with me? Help us, Father, as your children to understand that if we're in Christ Jesus, we've been bought and paid for with the precious blood of Christ, and that within itself is reason to be like the one who went back to Jesus. I pray we're grateful people as one. Who will shine like stars in our community, in our culture. Because we're going to be different we're not going to argue and complain and do all the things that is so prevalent in society. 
that people will look at us as your followers and be amazed as to how grateful we are. Help us, Father, if we're like the nine, to change our attitude, to change our position. It might take being put flat on our front side at the feet of Jesus to realize how desperate we're in need of him. And allow him to work in our lives and do a radical change that saves us. And when we stand up, we're like the one who can't help but worship what Jesus did for us. Oh, Father, may we all have that attitude this morning. If you're here this morning, you've got some business you need to do with God. You really, truly, I stand up here every week and I explain what it is. You, you know it. You know what it is. Same thing's true this morning. If you need Christ, He's ready and He's willing and He's inviting you to start life with Him. If your attitude stinks, one of the best places to have it changed is right here in this altar in prayer. If you're just going through some tough times, this moment of response to say, here I am, God, I trust you. If you're here today and things are good and they're right, And take time to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for being in my life and blessing me so richly. Maybe a host of other things that you just need to have some time between you and God or maybe in this altar between you and God or maybe to come here and ask me to pray with you. If you're something on your mind this morning, do your business with God. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Please stand. For all that you've done, I will thank you. For all that you're going to do. For all that you've promised and all that you are. is all that has carried me through. Jesus, I thank you.
told you that from time to time that's one of my favorite songs it's my prayer that this week as you go about the things you do if you're just having a tr problems thanking God for what he's done in your life that you just go back to hear this song playing in your mind singing it oh you can sing it out loud if you want to okay somebody might look at you strange but that's okay thank you for giving it may just bother you until you just are grateful. Okay. You may be seated, please. Amen. While I'm thinking about it, gentlemen, deacons, there will be a deacons meeting this coming Wednesday evening at 7.30 in this room right over here. So all deacons, please be here for our meeting on Wednesday evening. Thank you for your words this morning, Pastor Steve. Uh, we're going to watch just a short one-minute video, just a highlight reel of the men's retreat. And then, uh, and I hope they caught some of those cackling women in this video. I don't know. But,
Did you catch that line there where it said, plunge in today and be made complete? Right when they were in the canoes in the White River. There. Plunge in. Or foreshadowing. Well, I will tell you, it was a sweet spirit um, this weekend. And uh, our men's Bible study, guys, if you didn't have the opportunity to make it to the retreat, and you couldn't be away from home um, for that period of time. Men's Bible study is starting this coming Tuesday, 7 o'clock. And uh, so we encourage you to come and be a part of that. You don't have to sign up. We would love for you to sign up. We want to make sure everyone has uh, the material for that. But if you uh, decide Tuesday just to show up, please show up. And we would be glad to make sure and take care of you. Danny wanted me to remind you that uh, there's a men's dinner fellowship right before men's Bible study this week um, at 530. And that's going to be at Brothers Burgers. Pastor Mike, come on up. 545. You know, every now and then you get a, a, a text or a message or, or something that it just kind of lifts your spirits. It's encouraging to hear about how God is moving in everyone's hearts. Recently, we had a, a message. I got a message from Johnny, uh, friend Johnny Lee. Where, Johnny, where are you this morning? I know he's, he's about right back here. His kids come on Wednesday night and, and come, been coming to kids church. And uh, just got a text from Johnny and said, hey, we want to do something for Sunset Hills Baptist. What can we do? Um, uh, family owns a, a nail Salon, Is that right? Okay, I'm totally ignorant in these things. So they own, uh, it's called Spring uh, Nails, and it's off Mallory there in Franklin. And he said, hey, here's, here's what we want to do. Uh, so on October 9th, it's a Sunday, uh, after church from 12 to 4, members of church or friends and family can come get their nails and feet done. All proceeds are going to go to the, the church, Sunset Hills Baptist Church, walk-ins only, cash or checks uh, uh, only. And, uh, you know, husbands, this is a great gift idea for your wives. Uh, you can visit Spring Nails on Facebook at this uh, link here. We'll, we'll send a link out to the, the church this week on Realm. So that's just a great opportunity to uh, support the church. And we, we say thank you to uh, uh, Johnny and all the people at Spring Nails for that opportunity. Awesome. Uh, hey, do want to remind you too, um, ladies' ministry, um, Bunko Night has a new date. There's been uh, some some growing pains here in the church, and that's awesome. Uh, but it's not going to be on the 23rd. It's going to be Thursday, the 22nd. So a lot going on here. We'll have students down uh, in the White Building, Young Life. Ladies will be out in the lobby cackling, and then our worship team. Our worship team will be here, and they'll be preparing for Sunday. So a lot going on all at the same time, and we're thankful for that. So ladies, mark that on your calendars. Also, if you haven't already signed up for the fall door hanger class, that's on October the 8th. Encourage you to sign up today. $55, it includes everything you need to leave a beautiful door hanger. So uh, ladies, we encourage you to do that. We got trunk or treat. Um, you guys did a really great job signing up last week. Now I will tell you, we are on target for our 25, but Pastor Steve has encouraged us to go beyond that. And so if you are here and you just uh, are kind of on the fence about, oh, should we take the effort to decorate our trunk or the back of our truck or, or whatever, uh, I hope that today, uh, just as an act of thanksgiving to God, you would say, I do want to do my part to reach my community. And uh, the theme is light in the dark. And so it's on October the 26th and um, it's going to be a really great time. Be in much prayer for our students. Fall retreat is coming up. It's right around the corner. That's going to be October 28th through the 30th. The theme is fearless. 
and uh, we're praying about taking 24 um, unchurched students to to our fall retreat so we've we've uh, we've never had a prayer that big uh, for us and that's included that's not including our students that would be our students and them inviting one of their friends that's uh, not in church somewhere so be praying for that hey stand with me as we close in prayer thank you for being here pastor steve uh, i don't know what your plans are for next week uh, but i think that we could use a part two that would be awesome i think that was really good so lord we thank you for uh god all that you do for us god sometimes we do take for granted like the nine and god i just pray that when i'm guilty of that god you would be quick to bring me to a heart of repentance lord and replace my, my heart of ungratitude with just a heart of thankfulness lord we love you so much and god we we can't thank you enough for all that you do for us but we're grateful your son Jesus name we pray amen have a great week everybody hi good morning this is Kelly I want to take a moment to personally thank you for joining us for today's live stream I hope today's message was encouraging and inspiring for you you know what we would love to hear from you if you're here today and you made a decision for Christ or maybe you just have a simple prayer request we would love to know about that you can text the word prayer to 615-776-776 1807 one of her pastors will be back in touch with you. Hey, if you're in the neighborhood, we'd love to see you in person. You can join us for life groups at 9 a.m. or blended worship at 10 a.m. And let me say this, from your youngest family member to your family member that has the most years of life experience, we have a place for you. You know, I believe that we're living in unprecedented times. People all around us are looking for sources of hope. And you and I, we both know where that hope is found. We have a God who loves us, and he wants to meet us right where we are. But you know what? He loves us too much to keep us there. So come and join us, whether online or in person. We would love to shake your hand, give you a smile, and do life with you here at Sunset Hills. Have a great week, everybody.